So I wanted to, um, I, I, I feel like that I need to go ahead and get into this because here's a couple, about a week ago, 10 days ago, something like that, I was reading in the book of Luke and I came across, I came across a, a, a passage of scripture where the Lord talked about the four attributes of the kingdom of the devil. He talked about the four things that characterize his kingdom and what he does. And I really felt like that I should do a Bible study out of it. But I kind of hate to spend Bible t study time talking about the devil. So I thought, well, I don't know if I should do this or not. And so I talked to a few people, and everybody kind of said, well, I think it'd be good. So, so I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll go back to Genesis, and we'll, we'll, just, follow, we'll just follow Lucifer all the way through Scripture. We'll just, we'll just talk about that and... and um, so I was, I, I was going to put this thing together today, and I did, and you've got it. But here's what I want to tell you. What, what, one of the things that we need to understand is this, that the devil, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, he's not a misunderstood friend. He's not somebody that you can compromise with. He's not somebody that you can think won't bother you if you just be quiet. Because I'm going to tell you something. We're starting a revival Sunday. And it's, it's, not, it's, it's mainly for our church, but it's not just for our church. We've, in, we've invited all of the Natchez Valley, which is 22 churches, we've invited all of them to come and be a part of this revival. And it's going to have a, Sunday, it's going to have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning service at 10 o'clock. And then it's going to have a you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night service at 7 and I can tell you this from where I sit. Now, maybe not where you sit. It may be different. But from where I sit, the closer we get to this thing, the more I feel the battle raging. And I'm telling you, today, I was about ready to get up and turn the desk over because of the just, just chaos in people's minds. I have gotten more crazy text messages today that I have looked at and said, what in the world caused that? I have got more Electron, none, none of the electronics up here works today. None of it. I couldn't print anything out. I had a bunch of paperwork I had to send to Beaumont. All the scanning equipment just quit. We, we couldn't hardly, we weren't able to get the Facebook on tonight. I guess Candace just got up there and beat on it till she forced it. Maybe her and Gina, I don't know. But, but all I'm saying is, I mean, she's got it working now. You, she's got it. You don't need to run up there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just telling you that I, I feel the heat of the battle coming on. This, this is a war. There's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. And if you think the devil comes for any reason than to kill and steal and destroy, then you're, you're confused and deceived. Because I'm telling you, he, he, has, he has no other purpose in life. He is trying to establish his kingdom. He hates the children of God. And over the course of this study, I hope you see that. That, that he, is not, he, is, he does not want your marriage to be happy. He doesn't want your children to be raised in a godly home. He, he, doesn't, he, he, will, he will use every trick. He will use every compromise. He will lie. He will cheat. He will deceive. He will spread rumors about you that aren't true. He will do anything because he does not play fair, but he does play. And all I want you to see and all I want you to know it's, it's just like tonight. I'm sure Veronica right now is saying, I did a terrible job. I did all horrible. This is, this is the worst it's ever been. I'll never do this again. And I'm telling you right now 
That's just, that's just how the devil gets in your head and he starts beating on you. I couldn't tell you how many times I go home and Kathy has to listen to me talk about everything that I did wrong throughout the course of the service. And, and whining, I don't whine and cry so much anymore because hallelujah, I've matured a little bit. You don't have to hear all of it. But I'm just telling you that we are in, the Bible says this, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Now that word violence is, is, is harpezio. And that word harpezio means a direct frontal attack. It's not a sneaky thing. It is mano, mano imano. It's head-to-head -head battle. It's toe-to-toe. -toe. That's what the kingdom of heaven suffers. And the Bible says it's only the violent that are going to take it by force. And I'm going to tell you, your mind's going to wonder. You're going to feel like things are against you. You're going to, if, you, if you can get offended in the next two weeks, in the next 10 days, you're going to get offended. If something can happen that can keep you out of church and, and not make you want to come to this revival, I'm going to tell you right now that it's coming your way. It's coming your way. But because I, I, I feel the battle raging, I feel the war going on, I feel the pressure around me. I, I even, you know, me and Kathy, I mean, we're not fussing or nothing, but, but you know, b between us, we kind of we feel the, you know, the, 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 the heat of the battle, the heat of, the, of what's going on, you know. We feel it. And I, and I know a lot of you do too, just because, just because of what the things I've been receiving today. And so this is what I'm telling you. This coming revival, don't be faint-hearted. Dig in. Determine that if you're, if you're throwing up at 6 o'clock, just tell yourself, if I have to bring a bucket, I'm coming to church. I made, a, I made a bold statement one time. I told, you know, we were in a revival there in, down there in First Assembly of Silsby, and it was a great revival. It was a good revival. And I made the statement, I would come to this revival if they had to roll me in here in a hospital bed. I made that statement. And I'll be a couple days later if I didn't feel like I was fixing to get in one. And I, and I, I, got, I wasn't feeling good, and I had stayed on from work because I was sick. And, and, and Kathy said, are you going to church tonight? I said, I don't know. I'm pretty, pretty sick. She said, well, I thought, I thought you were going to go if they put you in a hospital bed. I said, you know what, you're right. And once I entered those doors down there, it all went away. I felt fine. Went to church, enjoyed the service. And so what I'm telling you is this, the devil has, you're going to see, he has, he has one purpose. One purpose. That is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He'll use frustration. He'll use discouragement. He'll use words misinterpreted. Somebody may say, good morning, how are you doing? And all of a sudden your mind says, why did they say that? What, they think I'm not having a good morning? Why are they talking to me like that? And that's just, that's just the devil getting between your ears and talking into your head. And I'm telling you that if you can be offended, you're going to get offended the next few days. If you can get upset about something, if you can find a reason to, to argue with your spouse then I'm telling you there's going to be lots of good opportunities in the next five days. There's going to be lots of good opportunities for you to get depressed and frustrated and angry about whether or not there's a light bulb burned out in that thing right there. There's a light bulb out right there. Everybody's looking at it. See that right there? It's out. I noticed it's Sunday, and it's still bugging me today. Yes? 
Here, you need to talk. Tabby Crane decided she's going to really move forward and, you know, she's testified and that, that she's determined to serve God no matter what, even if she has to stand alone. She's in the hospital tonight with seizures. Um, Bubba and Sarah Haynes went with her. Uh, Tim's in the hospital with some health issues. Tim Johnson, Johnson um, Jerrica's dad. So, yeah, it, there's, a, there's some attacks. Do what? Yes. But there's some major attacks going on. And, and that's, what I'm, that's, why, that's, why, that's why I said we need to go ahead and come here. Because it, it wasn't because I didn't think Veronica was doing good. It wasn't any of that. It's that I just, felt, I just felt like I said, you know what? I know what's going on here. I know what's happening. I'm, this is, this, I've been a Christian a long time. I, I know I understand what's happening, and I want you to understand. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to start this study. <laughs> Come hell or high water. <laughs> that probably wasn't a good thing to say. I feel I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. My, my spirit's convicted me. I shouldn't be so so coarse. But we're going to do this study. And, and I've, I've entitled it The Dark Side. So we're going we're gonna to talk tonight about who Lucifer is. How he got to where he is. We're going we're gonna to discuss that tonight. And... Uh, then at the end, I'm going to get Veronica to come back, and we're going to have a little more worship. At least that's my plan. It may change between now and then, depending on how long-winded you make me have to get. But let's start in Genesis 1-1. That's on page 1 in most of your Bibles. If you're not sure where that is, turn to Psalms and go with the front. <laughs> Genesis 1-1. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would clear our minds, Lord that you would clear our hearts, O oh God. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to be a part of your army, Lord God, to be part of the, of the ones, O oh God, that are working to bring revival, Lord God, not only to our church, God, but to the churches of the Natchez Valley section. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for this thing that's been birthed within us, O oh God, by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for all the time and effort and love that's been placed into this event, Father God. And I pray that tonight, O oh God, you would help us to see, Almighty God, your, your plan and your purpose, O oh Lord. Help us to begin to understand our enemy and understand what he's about, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, when there was nothing there, God stood upon nothing and spoke into nothing and hung the earth on nothing. Now, let's go to let's look at Genesis 1:28. We find an interesting passage here in Genesis 1:28. It says, "And God blessed them, are you with me? And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, replenish. That gives the impression that it was inhabited before, does it not? Yeah. Replenish it. Populate it again. Replenish it. And so if we're thinking about that, this is God talking. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-2 says, in the earth was void and without form and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So somewhere between 1 and 2, we had a plenish area. 
because he told Adam, replenish it. So let's look at Isaiah. Now, if I get to going too fast, y'all slow me down because I've, I've been looking at this all day long, so I'm, I kind of know where I'm going. But if I get ahead of you, you let me know. Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. Major prophet. Isaiah 45, 18 says this. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. So God did not create the earth null and void. He didn't create it in the words of the Hebrew, tohu wabohu. That means totally desolate, uninhabitable, not able to sustain life. That's not how it was created. God created it how? To be inhabited. And so between verses 1, Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, and I, I, I don't have any proof of this because I wasn't there when it happened. But between those two verses, it is my thought and contention that there was an entire generation, possibly generations, of people, animals, things that lived on the earth that were destroyed for Genesis 1-2 to be into play. Now, I'm not the only one that has this theory. This isn't my theory. This is called the gap theory. And if any of you's ever read anything about the gap theory, it just states that between Genesis 1-1, where God created the earth to be inhabited, and Genesis 1-2, where we find it null and void, between those two places, there was a, a gap of some time. Now, you could make that time whatever time you want. I don't care. You can make it 6,000 years. You can make it 10 million years. Doesn't matter to me because it's a gap. And in that gap, you had dinosaurs. You had people. You had unicorns. <laughs> you, had, you had all kind of animals that were not there in Genesis 1-2. So what happened between Genesis 1-1, where God created the earth to be inhabited and, and had it populated, what happened between there and Genesis 1-2, where we find the earth in such a chaotic state that God has to undo light and darkness? You ever thought about that? I don't know what that looked like. But the first thing God does is said, let there be light, right? He doesn't, he, you don't see the sun and the moon till the fifth day. So the first thing he does is separates light and darkness. So you have a world that's in such a chaotic, murky mess that even light and dark are intermingled somehow to where his first thing to do is to undo them, where you can have light and you can have dark. So how did we get to that mess? Um, if you keep reading on your sheet, it says, this states the true purpose of God in creating the earth. He did not create it in vain or void or empty. It became void or empty as it was in Genesis 1-2. Then it must have been made with inhabitants in the first, becoming empty after that. And that's a comment from the Dakes Bible. You're in Isaiah. Let's turn over about one more book and let's go to Jeremiah. One book toward the back. Jeremiah, and look, let's look at verses 4 
23 through 26. We're talking about what the earth looked like in Genesis 1-1 compared to what it looks like in Genesis 1-2 and how it got that way. So Jeremiah 4, 23-26 said this, I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void and the heavens and they had no light. Does that sound familiar? What is that? That's Genesis 1-2, right? They had no light. And I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. And I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord. By what? Here's fierce anger. So we start to get a little picture of what went on. We see that the cities are not inhabited, men are gone, bird, birds Birds are not there. All the fruitful places are wilderness. And we find out that it is that way, broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. So what was it that made God angry? Let's keep going. Let's go to 2 Peter, over in the back of your Bible. I want to just tell you something while you're turning there. And I know you already know this, and I've said this a hundred times but maybe 101 is good. It, whenever you're studying something in the Bible, don't pick two or three books and then decide that that's the way it is. It, it's got to be true from the table of contents to the maps. You can, you can build a doctrine on anything you want to in this Bible. You can, you can, can, you can, you can make anything work. You know, um, the Bible said Judas went out and hung himself. And then it goes on to say, go thou and do likewise. So if you pick those two scriptures, and as soon as we get saved, we should just hang ourselves. And, and some people have to take without a doctrine, except they didn't hang themselves, they drank Kool-Aid. And, and I'm being serious there. You, you've got to be careful. If you're going to believe something, make sure it's true in Genesis, and make sure it's through to, good through Revelations. Don't pick something and say, well, in these ten books in the New Testament, that's what it says. It's got to be in the Old Testament. Old Testaments are types and shadows of New Testament truths. Okay, I didn't mean to get on that. But anyway, 2 Peter 3, 5 through 7 says this. For this they are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world was being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So God is going to destroy this earth again, but this time he's not going to use water because he told Noah what? I won't do that again. Again. So he's already done it twice. I'll show you that in a minute. The next time he does it, it's going to be by fire. And the seas are going to evaporate and the mountains are going to melt and the whole earth is going to be reformed. Redone. Brand new. Totally, totally new earth, formed by fire. That's what Peter just said, right? Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So we see here that there are times that God's judgment cleans the slate. He starts over. He begins again. So Genesis 1-2 says God created, or Genesis 1-1 talks about God creating the earth. We know he created it to be inhabited. We know he created it... With, probably with people, animals, an entire civilization, 
In Genesis 1-2, it's been destroyed. The Bible tells us that it was by God's fierce anger that it happened. And so if we know these things, then what was the cause of everything that's going on here? Now, I see some really puzzled looks in your faces. So am I going too fast? Or are you just listening to what I'm saying, trying to figure out where I'm at? Are y'all good? That's right. Recreate. Recreate. He created it the first time, and he created it to be inhabited. Filled it, yep. I'll show you that in just a second. Filled it with all things. Then an event occurred that invoked God's fierce anger, and from that anger, he destroyed. He destroyed it to the point that it was man was gone, animals were gone, it was filled with water, nothing lived, and not only that, but it became so chaotic that even light and dark became intermingled. The Jew says, if you, if you believe the Jewish writings, the Jewish writings say that the earth had slowed to almost a stop in its rotation. It, it had slowed to almost to a stop. All of creation had, had, had lost its energy because of God's fierce wrath. And so what I'm asking, and then, and then when on the, Genesis 1-2 he begins to recreate, to put it back like it was before. So he begins to, he breaks light and dark. Then he begins to take the water away, let the land form. Then he begins to put animals on it and plants on it. And he opens up the heavens and you begin to see the sun, the moon, and the stars. He, he recreates it over those six days you're talking about. And in that sixth day, he puts man back on the earth. And he tells man, replenish it. Replenish it. Put a civilization back on it. So does that help? Is that better? If it's not, tell me, and I'll we'll go through it again. Because I want we need to understand this, and and that that whole process that I just told you is called the gap theory. And Adam was the first man of the recreation. I don't know. I know. I know nothing about anybody that's in that first creation. But I do know from watching the second creation how the first creation went. You want me to show you that? I only got two. I'm going to have to have more than that. <laughs> oh, you know, I wish I was that talented that I could just click on stuff and, and it would come up. But I'm, I'm, I'm a... Only best thing I can do is draw pictures and just do them like this. But I, I, don't, I, want, you, I want you to understand this. So first creation, God created it to be inhabited. It was inhabited. An event occurred that incurred God's wrath. He destroyed it. It sat dormant for some period of time, filled with water in a chaotic state to where even light and dark became intermingled. And then at some point in time, God revisited the earth and then recreated it in Genesis 1, verse 2, through the end of the chapter and told Adam to replenish it, replenish it. It had all new animals. 
Some of the animals resembled the former animals, but had a lot of new animals, all new creation. And, and what I said was, at the end of the age, at the end, after the tribulation period, after the thousand-year reign, God is going to destroy the earth again, this time by fire. And when he destroys it the second time, then the earth, entire surface is going to be redone. And, and we'll, we'll get to that. Yes, ma'am? Third. Twice with water and once with fire. Yeah. Twice with water, once with fire. Did I miss one? Okay. Yeah, that's good. No, this is good. It's good discussion. I'm glad we're doing this. This is good. I, I, because I've been, I've been studying this for a long time, so I kind of I know what I'm saying, but you haven't. <laughs> like Brother Earl told me one time, you know, how long did you spend on that? I said four or five hours. He said, you want me to get it in 40 minutes. So I'm going, I'm, I want you to get it. So, so verse Genesis 1-2 says, In the beginning God created the universe. What follows in the seven days describes the forming of a substance already created in preparation of a creation and abode of man. So Genesis 1-2 describes the forming of a substance that's already created. So that's Haley's Bible handbook. Let's go to Psalms. This is a beautiful passage. I love this. Uh, let's go to Psalms 104. And everything that I've just said, this kind of puts it in a nutshell, if you would. Psalms 104, we're going to read verses 25 through 30. So God created the earth to be inhabited. It was inhabited. Something occurred that invoked his fierce anger. He destroyed it, let it fall into chaos, let it fall into disrepair, let it lose the energy of of the of, of that of, of God and of heaven. And after that, Genesis 1-2, he shows up at an earth that's now void, and he begins to recreate the earth. So Genesis, I mean, Psalms 104, verse 25 says, So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping, innumerable, both small and great beasts. They go to the sea, there is that Leviathan, that's a crocodile, wherein thou hast made to play therein, they wait upon all of thee that thou mayest give them their meat in thy season that thou givest them they gather and openest thy hands and they are filled with good. Okay? You with me? 